if they can barely put a damn crosswalk in without celebrating it. That tells you the cities aren't working. The ways they're offering aren't working. The way they look at data isn't helping them make good decisions. They need a new way, and that way is the one we're thought way. I am today's host, Kiran, and with me, I've got Vijay. Vijay, what's going on? Hey, Kiran. Uh, good to uh, see you. Um, super exciting here uh, today in Samarish. Um, I've actually reverted back to my original position. Last week, I was four inches to the right, and I've decided to go back four inches to the left to kind of be central. Um, other news. Um, had a weird dream. <laughs> You're going to talk about your dream? I'm going to talk about my dream. All right. This is bug- it's bugging me. Let's go. Let's any, go, Vijay. Uh, talk about your dream. Is there any psychologists in our, in our uh, listenership? I Just go ahead and kind of hit me up on the side. I might need some counseling. Um, so I dreamt a few days ago now, but it's still plaguing me, it's still bothering me, that Carrie Lake was trying to invade my home. And so but- I had to fight her. The former 2022 gubernatorial candidate for the Republican yes. Party in Arizona who lost. Yeah. Yes. According to her, she didn't lose. She is actually the winner. Despite, well, she thinks she still won. Yeah. Oh. Despite court after court saying, no, you actually very much lost. She's a strong uh, Trump acolyte. Some say she could be his running mate. Um, last week, she was in the news for a very awkward uh kiss with trump like a kind of a a kind of lip on lip kiss uh so she's famous for that um i miss so much by not watching the news like i don't know any of this i hadn't even heard of carrie lake until you told me about this dream earlier today uh uh well anyway like i said so that was my weird dream um i'm seeking counseling at this point but last detail on that, because I'm sure everybody wants to know, is for some reason that she was wearing a navy blue tracksuit with <laughs> white stripes on the sleeves. And when I saw her, she was uh, at the threshold of my garage door, crouched down on one knee with one hand on the ground, looking up sinisterly. Wearing a hood. That is so scary, BJ. Yeah. I can picture that. Yeah. And it's so, like, I can see her slowly look up at your window. Because yeah. we've, we've all seen this movie, man. Oh, man. So, I, I, anyway. I, I feel for you. I, I can't imagine having a nightmare that bad. Um, Maybe I'll reach out to her and discuss it with her. <laughs> we, should, we should bring her on the pod. Bring her on the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, our first our first guest is <laughs> is Carrie gubernatorial Lake. candidate <laughs> yeah. Carrie Lake. Um, yeah, yeah you, you know what that imagery of her in a tracksuit wearing blue and white it reminded me of that like a weird trivia I picked up in one of our mutually our mutual podcasts, VJ. Uh, you introduced me to this, the Empire podcast, mm-hmm. and I recently learned that the the Union Jack, the American flag, right? Red, white, and blue mm. is loosely based 
on the East India Company's flag. No. Yeah. So the East India Company's flag is also used to be red, white, and blue, except uh-huh. instead of the stars, there was like a Union Jack, which is crazy to think about. Because and it's still uh, one of my it- yeah. Ahead, Wasn't it Benedict Arnold who ended up going to India and becoming like a major figure? I think it was in the East India Company. It was either him or his son. The big one I know is the yeah. dude who lost in the Battle of Yorktown. Oh, Not God. Clive. Not Clive. Clive was um, just straight London export or Scottish export, no. whatever. That's um, right. Welsh. Sorry, the dude was Welsh, right? Mm. But... Um, God, it's going to bug me if we don't figure this out. We'll, maybe we can cut this out and I'll just like look up this random trivia. Cornwallis. Yeah, we need to get I to feel them. like it's General Cornwallis. That sounds, I that sounds vague, Cornwallis. Right? I, I don't feel yeah. like looking it up. Um, it'll take okay. too much time. But anyway, great podcast. And um, honestly, a lot of what I'm doing in my current abode is listening to this podcast and dealing with random toddler fire drills because and i'm going to announce it on this pod here first vj nritya and i have successfully potty trained sakshi like this is amazing that huge quality life improvement i cannot say enough about it yeah do you want to kind of say a few words to her that so that when she's like 21 22 oh yeah maybe on her 21st birthday on her 21st birthday, you could <laughs> surface play. up this podcast at Lovely. her 21st birthday party. Because it's probably what she would want. Listen, Saksh, I'm so proud of you. The first day was traumatic for both your mother and I. Your mom wanted to stop, right? Like At the end of the day, she barely made it. On the second day, I had to go take a walk. I was so traumatized by the proceedings. Multiple accidents, crying, screaming, mostly from me and Nritya but uh, some from you as well. Um, the second day was traumatic, but from the third day, you have been a gem. Just turn the corner after that second night sleep, and she is just, just acing this, right? Like every day, there is one accident, that's fair, but so many times, she's just, she's making it swish. So and I'm now, really happy for her and us. And now that you- and now that she's turned 21, not an accident in at least five, six years, I'm assuming. Five, six years, probably a few more in college yeah. that I have not wow. I've not heard about because, you know, she's point. too ashamed to tell me. But yeah, um, good point. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really proud of how well she was potty trained before her second birthday. Wow. Huh? You know what? I, I want to say that I too am, am proud of her. And I think. I think you and Aritya deserve some sort of award for for making it through this thing. Let, let me ask um, you something before we jump into the discussion. Is potty training yeah. one of the harder things to do as a as a parent? Because it has felt like it was so daunting leading up to it. Like I yeah. it's this weird thing that everyone clearly gets potty trained. And you know, we're uh you know, examples yeah. of this. But yeah, like very good at this. the act like before the potty training, it feels like it yeah. might never happen. It's just so scary. It feels almost impossible, doesn't it? It, like, do- it does. Yeah. And it did. Yeah. But now that it's done, it's like, okay, she actually knows this. This is 
there's still fear. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. When I went to the beach today with her, it was just me and Saksh. We took mm. a walk because she was getting a little bit um, stir crazy at home. And I was scared the whole time, Vijay. I was like, do, will I have to yeah. pick up a screaming, crying mess and drag yeah. her home in front of all these people? And uh, she aced that test, Vijay. I was so, I was so wow. proud of her. Wow. Well done. Well done, uh, you guys. Master and Matt. Maybe as the years progress with our podcast, we kind of mark Saksh milestones in the podcast. That'd be great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm sure she'd love that as uh, yeah. growing up. It's probably what she would want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the party training would be excellent. Yeah. I, I look forward to menstruation would be another good one to do. Oh, so um, good. Yeah. I'm sure. We'll announce it right here. Oh, yeah. We'll, of course, we'll announce yeah. it to our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Right you here. just do this kind of like this kind of ed, uh, this kind of cuts right of like her milestones. The best will be that she will not listen to this podcast. Like she'll probably listen to it once in a while. Yeah, she'll get bored. But once yeah, in a while, maybe maybe a close friend of hers or her yeah. high school someone. Oh. We we develop a following amongst them. Oh youth right, and, yeah. and they let her know. I think that'd yeah. be great. God knows um, we haven't okay. developed any other kind of following. Um, no, no. We, so, we, we might make it with the high schoolers, Vijay. Who knows? Um, maybe so we're 10 it. minutes in. We're 10 minutes yeah. in, Vijay. And as the Do host, it. I feel like I've been, you know, I'm not at my post. Dereliction of duty. Let's move on to the actual subject at hand. This week's podcast is about discussing a map slash graphic that kind of appeared to me in a fever dream, uh, kind of like your dream of Kerry Lake. But in this one, the world cities were connected and I wanted some way of the world cities to uh, see more tangibly connected because I don't know about you, but I believe that most of the world's dynamism has originated in cities. Now I'm not saying cities are the, are the most important place. Like obviously rural places, agricultural towns, you need them. We need them for food, but all of the technology, all of the culture, the innovations, the things we take for granted. I'm going to challenge this. Ooh, I love it. You want to start now? Um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to challenge it. So okay. my challenge on your point around innovation coming from seas is we're very, very efficient at the way we feed people, right? Especially in, in kind of like uh, uh, Western society, right? Very few of us work in agriculture, and yet we can have an abundance of food in aggregate, right? And so in order for that to happen, that meant a lot of innovation had to happen in the field, like literally. Yes. So, but you had to kind would... of set that foundation to have your foundation, uh, to have your innovation in the seas. Otherwise, you guys I... would all be starving in the seas. I say you guys. Uh, we would all be starving you're, in the you're seas. A, you're a city yeah. slicker, VJ. Um, yeah, that's right. But... I... I think the story is a little bit different where you have rural aggregations, right? Like people who are farmers also have like small towns and eventually you, um, the small towns aggregated formed cities and they exported technology to the country. It's not been the other way around. Like the problem is it's so hard to develop big, you know, sweeping innovations. So like if you take writing, for example, it's most likely that writing um, you only need it in the context of making census data or 
um, taking you know large scale data from the cities, and so kingdoms and um, kings administrators they typically administer cities. They don't really administer the rural towns as much. Um, they have like these provin- provincial centers, right? Um, but all of these like major innovations happen in the city. Even even stuff for farm equipment, like let's say John Deere makes tractors, right? Those tractors are built and designed and everything marketed in cities. They're exported into the countryside. And the scary part is when you export technology to the countryside, the country, uh, agriculture, the people, they become more efficient, but they, there's less work to go around. So you're effectively, by exporting technology to the countryside, you're effectively reducing the population of the rural towns. Which is why in the West, like you said, so few of us are employed in agriculture. Like the technology has constantly been exported um, and people have been flooding the cities because there's just not that much to do um, in the country anymore. Mm-hmm. That that lifestyle is is not really tenable amongst other yeah. things. And this This whole narrative, I don't have much data to back it up other than um, Jane Jacobs' uh, set of books. Like I don't... Jane Jacobs, I believe, was big in the 70s or 80s, but she's written like books all the way up to like 2000. So um, what were her books about? The Well, one is called Cities and the Wealth of Nations. She was trying to build upon Adam Smith. She's like, I would put her in the same camp as, it, she has no like real good political spectrum. Like it's hard to like peg her as like a libertarian or a social, like a Democrat. Um, but the closest I think is like the green party, right? Like some liberal, but also libertarian. It's like strange. Okay. And it, a lot of the stories she tells are about cities. And so I find her writing really interesting and like, I've been trying to match data according to that writing. So I'm trying to like see the picture that she's painting. All right. So you have this map, you've connected cities to each other. So what, Karen? So there's a map of Europe and mm-hmm. I picked Europe because it's, you know, most people know of the major cities in Europe and mm-hmm. I've overlaid the a map of the top 11 cities. And I had to pick 11 VJ because New York is number 11 uh-huh. and it's one of the most important connected cities. It's probably still the most important city if uh, you look at global air traffic, right? Like everything does flow through New York. I see. Um, and I would say as an exporter of culture and um, things of that nature, New York is still a very important city. Let's let's mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. Uh, beat around the bush. But I have to include New York. So the top 11 cities are overlaid onto a map of Europe. And the distance between the cities is roughly how long it would take to go from those cities on land in a car today not ancient rome like you don't have shitty cars in a wagon the Mm -hmm. whole thing would collapse even further like we could probably make the map in you know maybe the size of france or maybe just like even smaller but in reality this is how long it would take to get from you know new york to tokyo is probably the longest uh, new york to beijing is the longest distance um i think that is flown by like from one major city to another, and it takes about mm. 16 and a half hours. 
and you can drive from Madrid to Munich in 16 and a half hours, right? So that's the scale. Interesting. Okay. Okay. The so, so you, what yes. is, is, part, is key, right? Yes. It is my belief that now with agents and people who think a certain way placed, strategically placed in each mm-hmm. of these cities, Vijay, mm-hmm. we can have outsized influence on the rest of the world. And like I said, the cities yeah. are so important that, you know, you control a couple of these cities, you're yeah. actually controlling maybe three, five, 10 X, the number of actual people. So is it, is it kind of like, um, like Steve Bannon's kind of approach to global fascism, right? In right. The idea, I was being worried that, you take it this way, VJ, and, uh, and there we are. And here we are um, talking about I, Steve Bannon. I'm, I'm not pro-fascism just just to be clear but um but the 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 point was what he uh nigel farage other people like in italy there was a five-star movement right was italy or spain one of the two had the five-star movement i think it was italy right but what they uh marine le pen in france ah yeah right he was trying to connect these these groups these disparate groups from all over the world together into a cohesive right-wing force. Oh, man. And the fact that that I'm recording this from Peru is pretty telling, because I don't know if you know about this, but Peru, because Uh of their their association, like, maybe I should be a little bit quieter, but Mm -hmm. there's, like, something going on between the leadership of Peru, which recently Mm -hmm. changed and led to all the riots like a few months ago, Mm. and their right-wing counterparts all across Europe, like you said, in Spain, Mm. in France, Mm. uh, like a handful of other countries. Yeah, they're slowly flipping, dude. They're flipping a couple of these South American countries as well. Um, Mm -hmm. No, it's not like that at all. It's not like that at all. How is it different, Karen? Our agents, Vijay, are going to be independent, weird thought havers, right? The only thing that connects you and I, I mean, apart from, you know, our cultural background, our work history, uh, many of our thoughts, potentially um, the British colonization, all that stuff does connect us. I'm not putting that aside. The only other thing that connects us is the fact that we have weird thoughts. We have divergent thinking, right? A lot of times you will present an idea that I look at and I'm confused uh, at how that even uh, popped into your head. And I'm assuming I I routinely do the same to you. Absolutely. Why would anyone think this? Why? Yeah. Why, why you, and now that you think it, why tell anyone about it? Right? Mm -hmm. Like these, these are the thoughts we have with you when, when we hear each other's ideas. But what we share is a love for such ideas. And uh, I don't know about you. Uh, actually, I do know about you. We love hearing these ideas from yeah, sure. each other and, and other people, other weird thought havers that we have met across our lives. Now, what I'm thinking is we seed each of these cities um, with weird thought havers. And it slowly takes over the, the, the collective, the knowledge of that city. Um, over the years, decades, even maybe mm-hmm. even centuries, but we, mm. we turn the tide into independent thinking, free people living in these cities, and that will have massive cascading impacts. 
obviously i would say we should still be the dictators for such a such a revolution but uh it's probably what our people would want our free thinkers would want to be controlled by us exactly uh they'd be like the populace and i think you were actually thinking too small when you started your country last week Uh. and i think we should expand to a, a global dominion and and i propose that instead of fighting on land right and expanding across maybe starting in santa barbara right like i i don't think that's a that's a worthwhile conquest i think we need to match up against um some of the great conquerors of the past and i i chose my years very carefully vj in 1200 ad that was genghis khan and that is the 400 million people that we might have influence over if we conquered the the top 20 cities uh similarly the top 10 cities 250 million people that's roughly the the population in uh 980 um, how do you how do you define the takeover of those cities what does it mean this is a good question uh this details I'm, I'm hoping we can like have like a celebratory pin or something like that everyone can place on their lapels i see um because is we it, are certainly not going to be able to tell them what to do seeing as we can so, so, barely so far, tell our own families what to do so far <laughs> so far unfortunately the analogies that i see in society today are not very positive so in the u.s right now school board meetings are a mess Right. And they're being overrun by people with very weird thoughts. Oh, no. And and they're actually. Have you um, been to one of these school board meetings or are you just talking from. Is this personal? They're making news, news, right? Like, like it's, it's weird things are happening in school boards, right? Like, um, like they banned the book of poetry written by that, uh, young woman who spoke at Obama's inauguration. Right? She did this oh, beautiful yeah, poetry. Was- it's very inspirational. And unfortunately, it was bad. I can't remember which school, school district banned it, but they were concerned that it might be, might make white kids feel bad. Right? So, um, but, right, there, there's a model of success there, right? Right? In terms of, it's happening in more than one place. It's spreading all over the US. These guys have a loose sense of guiding principles, but they're all acting together and they're all taking over these kind of local governments. What's their loose set of principles? Do they have like a website or something or? No, they're kind of like mugging up, right? They're like, basically they're, they're, it's, we're anti-woke. Hmm. Woke or anti-woke. That's the thing, like, I don't know what we would exactly stand for is the problem. Well, if, you, if, you, if you look at our body of work. Yes. Work's a strong word for what we've done. <laughs> I, it but is a very strong future, word and a body you know the of future, work. When okay. people are studying us, yeah. like they do the great thinkers, the Stuart Mills, the Pinkers, <laughs> the Matthew Saeeds, right? And us, right? Um, when they're studying our work. And, and they start seeing the the forward thinking we had around the way society should be. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like if, you know, even if you just look back to the last episode, right, Funland, right? Um, 
we were painting a picture for a society there. Actually, two societies, right? Because you had, you had yours and I had mine. Right? So it's like we're painting these models for a better world, right? Um, right? I, I, kind of your treatment of billionaires, right? Is another That's example, the, like, the billionaire like, bowl, like, yeah. Yeah, right? You, you're painting it. You're painting a future, right? And you're saying, like, these are a set of beliefs that are worth following. Like, they're, they're, they're um, in a way, they're populist, right? Because they are for the people. Yeah, yeah. My one was a little bit monarchy, but still a little kind bit, of relative. A little bit. But let's, but maybe there is a positive picture here. So, look, hear me out. In the United States, mm-hmm. the most liberal parts of the United States are the cities. And if you look at any constitutional map, they, I mean, they all, uh, all the cities are blue, but I would Mm. argue that a lot of them are like, they have the weirdest political organizations found are in cities. Like if you look at, um, even I I have a friend who I think in, he was talking about the twin cities of Mm -hmm. Minnesota. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds like one of them. That sounds like something. What's the right? other one? Yeah, yeah. What's the other one? Right. They're going to revoke our citizenship if we don't figure this out. Uh, listen, they're somewhere in Minnesota, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Minneapolis and blah blah. There's a city. Lesser, there. Yeah. Lesser, lesser Minneapolis. <laughs> um, uh, each of the townships have a very unique structure of governance. Right. And each of them have um, like they're kind of boroughs, but I forgot what he called them. Uh, Mm -hmm. They all have like pretty solid budgets, so much so that they were considering buying a building just for like community use in that borough, which is like pretty impressive at the city level. You don't Mm -hmm. see that level of social organization uh in the country similar to mm-hmm. like uh, we had kind of riffed about having a library culture mm-hmm. libraries are inherently a different form of organization than we have in many other things in the united states right mm-hmm. like it's it feels it doesn't feel fundamentally right or left wing it just feels different if we actually had more access to like tool libraries and mm-hmm. uh Obviously, books are just the most easy one to do. But mm. what I'm saying well, is the cities are the weirdest places anyway. Let's just like double down on them. And we form like a super unit in the top 10 cities. So I'm, I'm going back to that. What would that look like? And so to me, it means that we have mayoral candidates. Right. And, and what's interesting about those mayoral candidate, candidates is that they think weird thoughts. They're not willing to accept the status quo, right? And they're willing to try experiments. Yes. Right? And, and, and make things and try and actually make things better. Like all these things that we view as just having to be the way it is, they don't accept that, right? And they're like, no, that's not good enough. We have to change those things. Vijay, you're taking this coal and turning it into gold. I love it. Yeah. Aren't we supposed to turn coal into diamonds? Yes, but okay. Just checking. Coal and gold kind of rhyme. Um, so, I like where you're going with this. So, if the only ca- the only requirement for candidacy, it's not a it's not a political or societal level thinking. 
it's literally a just don't worry about the status quo present your your you know your picture for this place yeah. and i think if you went and you looked at the top 100 and something cities and i actually looked at the populations and just to get a sense of like how many cities there are what what's like mm. what are we talking about here and if you go to number i believe 122 uh sorry 100 and um let me look this up. Okay. So if you go down to the top 136 cities, you get to Seattle. And so if if you were to potentially be the mayor of Seattle, you could just you could kind of revitalize that area. Like why should downtown be completely office buildings? What if we had more residential stuff there? Why why should um why should these areas of Amazon or like major university mm. buildings why do they have to be com like mostly private can we can we make them more accessible to people right like make them easier to come by and i think if we had mayoral candidates that kind of signed on to a one mm. weird thought pledge that they would implement one weird thought right per year or something like that mm -hmm. that's like that. yeah that annual weird thought and and I think, you know, each city could have its own weird thought. They're localized thoughts. They're localized. Right? Um, exactly. Right? That's the key. They're local. There's to no that central city. governance here. No. Right? There's, there's no central. The, I think the one thing I would ask of our candidates is that when they present their ideas, they really present them with good data and really well thought out. Um, like we do. Like but, we do. But, yeah, but we have better. a high bar for this. Yeah, but um, their stakes are higher than ours too. They're trying to run a city, right? And so, but, and that way, like, I think the good thing about that is you remove yourself from kind of political dogma, right? It's like, no, th I'm, this is the problem I'm trying to solve, right? Period. Vijay, um, I have a completely uh -huh. opposite thinking towards data. Okay. Oh, you think of data? Let's see. Okay. Where are you going with this? What I'm saying is your initial experiment should be, you should have a theory, a weird theory. That's fine. Mm -hmm. And you should implement it. Where the data is really important is on the data collection side. And I think that's where the governing body of weird thought havers should come in. We should, we should systematize collecting data and not presenting it, but just like giving access to the raw data. My problem with data as a whole, like when you start getting into like having to make presentations and say mm, that this mm. is what the data is telling you is like you can slice and dice these things like a hundred ways, right? Mm, mm. I, I can show you the same table and say that global warming is like is affecting uh, every single country. I, it seems like the there's like a small group of people that are able to take the same data that everyone's looking at and extrapolate that we're actually... Uh, do, going through a global cooling cycle, like who, mm. who knows these things? Um, data, data tells you kind of what you already know. And the problem is you play into people's existing biases. It takes an extremely, extremely skilled practitioner of data to unpack their own biases when they're looking at it, right? Like, mm. Mm. I, I bet you've seen this as well. In uh, like, especially in the product world, we're always trying to paint a picture of mm. 
the feature being a success of, hey, we should go do this thing. It's not easy to to basically call a spade a spade and say, hey, this we tried this. It's not working. Let's let's move on. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that takes that takes courage and it takes um, some level of self-awareness. But what I'm saying is, like, let's not let's not limit these people to, like, just presenting data and then saying they need to do things. Let them do it. But if it's not working, it should be kind of an e- that should be the, the, the check and balance is that the we tried something. We tried making all the roads one way and it didn't work. Or we replaced every single traffic light with circles and it had these problems. And then we should work on publishing that and like making sure that the other connected cities know. So put my product manager hat on. In a given year, you've got to decide which of your weird thoughts you're going to go execute against. Yeah. How do you make that decision if you're not going to? lean on some sort of data and do some sort of extrapolation from it. Yeah. You know what? You mostly have to garner support from the people like at some level. I mean, it depends on what kind of city you're in. Right. I, I bet there's easier cities where you can organize more people. Like you have a, a more strong central city governance body, maybe richer cities you have, you can just like organize work. Um, but effectively, but the work they're doing is gathering. Are they are they gathering data so you can make a decision? Or no, are, you, no. are you? How about you just spin a wheel? You go like yeah. this is the twenty twenty five weird thoughts of yeah, the year. This, is, this is the best. This is the best part. Each person in each of the cities has different weird thoughts. They get to choose, and they can use whatever. Some of them are going to be extremely data driven. Some of them mm. are going to spin a wheel, like you said. Some of them mm. might just like wake up on a Tuesday and decide like there are different forms but, of decision-making and but they would have been elected variety. Right. So Correct. they would have been elected. So, so the people trust them. The people have to trust them. Yeah. Or so at least we're not going to get months. crazy weird. We're not going to get terrible weird thoughts like, Hey, everyone burn half the city and then move downtown out to the countryside. Seattle? Downtown Seattle. They're like, you know what? We need more green space. We need more green space. Take down these. Time time to take down those crystal balls. Oh, man. Are they still open to the public? Like one day a week or something? I think they're now open all the time. I think. I'm not sure. Um, Oh, that's awesome. So like anyone can just walk into the crystal balls? I I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Into the balls. Um, One of the great landmarks in downtown Seattle, everyone, uh, if you're ever in the Seattle area, right next to the place where VJ and I used to work. Yeah. Good, Not good a coincidence. They probably picked that location based on the fact that we were there. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> they started construction before we joined Amazon, but, yeah. you know, details. Do, do you want to describe those buildings? Describe those buildings. Man, I can't. I, this is a PG-13 podcast, right? Like, we we keep it classy. Yeah. And, but They're there like were three. two crystal... There were three. There's three balls? Yeah. It makes it weirder, but I guess better <laughs> in a way. Like, I think yeah. there's one, there's one major ball. L- listen, the, these, this is a greenhouse. So let's not, let's not uh, go crazy yeah. here. They, these are geodesic domes loosely connected. Like, so it looks like 
there's one big bubble and then two smaller ones on either side. And then next to it is a massive 34, 35 story building where Vijay mm-hmm. and I used to work. Mm-hmm. I believe I was on the 17th floor and then you were on maybe different floors, like nine, 10. No, I can't even remember. Yeah. Can I remember? There's we were on different floors involved. of that building. There was an elevator involved, uh, multiple banks, huge building. And unfortunately, the entire picture does feel a bit phallic. Fighter. There's no, there's no way of beating around that um, issue. You didn't want to say that. That was a poor choice of words. It was? Yeah. What was I supposed to You don't want to be beating around a bush when you're talking about phallic. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's just bad. (laughs) Whoops. Uh, well, uh, I'll, anyway, enough about the building. We'll, yeah, we'll figure this out in post. Um, my, 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 my point was, though, that um, so the, the people are going to pick somebody. Yes. And then. They will out themselves some, as a weird thought haver. Right. Yeah. And, and they're like, you know, we're, we're bought into the whole weird thought movement. Correct. So we want to listen. No one's going to get elected on a weird thought platform. That's the whole point of the weird thought. No one really believes in <laughs> in this particular thing. You have to right. tamp down the weirdness to perform in society. Oh, Once like you have when, power, yeah. then the weirdness comes out. Like when Republicans pretend that they're not racist, like that, and then every once in a while it kind of leaks out. They're like, "Oh, damn it, damn it!" There you go. You know. So I, so they would like. I wouldn't There's just like pick a... on the Republicans for that, because I think we have a long list of Democrats who have been racist as well. But it leaks out for all the politicians. You know, but we don't want to run why... on. A... Yeah, ah, yes. This is, Go ahead. This is why, like, you are such a good partner for me, <laughs> because you are the you are the mature one in our relationship, Karen. This would have devolved to such a mess if it was just me rambling on by myself. I know. We would just have like anti-Trump, anti-Modi rants oh, every awful. every episode. It'd my God. Awful. Yeah. The, the, my, my favorite thing is like, I don't even think about these people. Whereas <laughs> I think they do occupy some level of headspace for you. For me? Yeah. Yeah. But do you think that's by virtue of me being here? Or do you think even if no. you were here, you would be wonderfully... Uh, I I used to care about like the details of politics, but I don't. I actually don't think the uh, quote unquote important people of the world matter as much as we'd like to think. Like I think mm-hmm. they give you the illusion of that there is like these important people thinking about our problems, but in reality, they're just other people who, you know have the same human foibles and cannot really save the world. And you can only like kind of do things in small steps across millions of people. Like that's the only way we're going to solve major things, major challenges that we face today, right? Like it's not like Trump didn't cause global warming. Biden's not going to fix global warming, right? Like these things are massive uh, issues that we're kind of going to have to handle. Um, but yeah, man, I don't think so, about them. I barely think about them. Once yeah. in a while, I get a Modi forward that I kind of look at and then I just ignore because it's, it is annoying, but it is what it is. Mm, 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 mm. 
As a South Indian, I wish to not think about North Indian politics. So, so you have this movement. This person's elected. They haven't been overtly one with Thoi. No. The people on the inside know. Yes, their close confidants must also be part of this movement. Right. Right. And so then um, they get elected. Right. They promise some stuff. Yeah. And then in addition to that stuff, they still have to do the stuff they signed up. They still have to do the stuff. So they're going to have to execute on their metro plan. So they're going to say, listen, in addition to the metro, everyone will be forced to raise chickens for three months. There you go. Crisis solved. There you go. Things of that nature, Rijay. Yeah. And and now it's not just the fact that they hold a position of power. There are critical mass of one with thoughters in their district that can make this a reality. That's where I'm I'm struggling. Like we would have to become a pretty popular publication and Mm. I hate to break it to VJ, but the growth just isn't there. Like, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't. Yet. It's exponential, Kira. It's exponential. <clears throat> exponential we're, we're, is a very specific word that I would struggle to use in our particular case. Yeah. But I, I think what you're saying, I, I, I kind of agree with you. If we started and we start getting traction, I've always wanted to be at the center of a bottoms up movement, but that's the tough part, right? Like there's no center of a movement that starts at the grassroots level. There Mm, there needs mm. to be some form of like unifying principles, unifying principles. And, you know, maybe we just have to like infiltrate the thought leaders. But but I I think that we do kind of end up with a loose sense of unifying principles because our followers (laughs) Um, they would have, the, the reason why they're our followers, because they would have kind of followed our arc of thinking and said roughly, yeah, I kind of see where they're coming from. And so therefore I too identify as a, as a weirdo, um, which I think is a Mark Maron thing. So I don't think we can use that. Sorry, Mark. Ah, oh, Mark Maron. Freaking copyrighted yeah. that? He copyrighted weirdo? I think I think on his followers, doesn't he refer to them as weirdos? Oh. I know in, like these basketball podcasts like refer to huge basketball fans as sickos. So sickos taken, okay. weirdos taken. That's why I like our weird thoughters or weird, weird thought. thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Weird thinkers, but that's like too mm. grammatically correct. I think we will at some point have to reach critical mass of people Mm. who appreciate other weird thoughts. I think the beautiful thing though, Vijay, is that we don't have to do it ourselves. One weird thought is just kind of like a loose governing principle that we Mm -hmm. follow. But Mm -hmm. I think you'll find across the internet, tens, hundreds, even thousands of random blogs and essays that are Mm. kind of the same thing, uh, the same underlying principle of, you want your ideas to be interesting and potentially work. You don't want them to be, you know, quote unquote, correct, like backed by, um, bulletproof tested, like the people who think in a very rigid way of, Hey, this is the way the world works. And they have a very rigid mode Mm -hmm. of thinking. I, I hate to break it to them, but they've kind of messed up this world. 
And it it takes some flexibility to like think of weird things. Think of how society could be without that innate level of structure. Nick and I, my my, uh, 13-year-old, we were talking about Elon Musk and what it took to put that car out. From a kind of product management perspective, he did all the things that you would never do, right? Which was, I'm going to take a hard thing, I'm going to deliver the whole hard thing, and then I'm going to deliver all the other bits around the hard thing. They didn't really have to do, but we'll make make the net solution fantastic, mm. right? And so by that, what I'm referring to is he started out with, you know, this whole gasoline engine thing, forget it. I'm going to replace that with something superior. And then he said, well, you're going to need to charge it somewhere. So I'm going to go invest in a supercharger network, which he didn't have to do, but it made the overall experience much more tenable. Right. And then finally, because he wasn't done yet, he was like, why don't I do self-driving as well? Um, and as a product manager, right, you would have got fired if you're like, okay, here's my landing zone, right? I'm going to go deliver a supercharger network, deliver a car that doesn't run on gas and make sure it drives itself. And that's what I'm going to launch, right? So, and and you can imagine like even just doing the car, right? Like if he does the car and he goes, okay, I'm going to put the car out there. And then the feedback he gets is, well, the car will never work. There's nowhere to charge it. And he goes, don't worry, I'm going to do a supercharger network too, right? Um, the, this would never pass the, the number sniff. of hoops, yeah, the, the level yeah. of the needles they had to thread to get it right are right. really surprising in hindsight. But, but to your point, right, to your point, that weird thought of building that car and that network worked. And any rational person would never have built that damn thing. Um, it was just way too risky, like the way he did it. And yet, at least, you know, the car plus supercharger network, you know, really, and I'm not an Elon Musk fan, right? But uh, incredibly visionary what he did, incredibly gutsy, right? Because usually we deliver products that are shit, right? Like the first version of the product is just shit. It's barely there, right? And it's only until you've kind of iterated and done a few more releases that it's, it's acceptable. But his was pretty damn good right out of the gate. At least the car and the fact that you could charge it were, were pretty solid on day one. And so, again, I'm highly I, I impressed think- with both SpaceX and Tesla for what mm. you know the the whole company's kind of achieved. Mm. So you know he he is a and what he's done there would be a good uh, inspirational model for for weirders. Maybe they're weirdos. Um, weirdos. Um, right. He's like, you know, hey, try this thing. You know, just come up with a great idea. Uh, don't worry about overthinking it. Let's see how it works out. Yeah. And I I would play, I would pull another playbook from Elon, which is mm-hmm. like Elon's not the one having all these incredible ideas, right? Like, but he's an incredible investor in such ideas. Like people come to him with these things. And he's not overtly closed off to super weird ideas. And so that's what another thing we'd be asking of these mayoral uh, mayoral candidates or people who like run the cities. Mm. Um, Things have been done a certain way for many years. I would say some of them have worked really well, but there's many things that can be replaced and Mm. things would be better. So, you know, 
the more I think about it, the more I like your idea. Um, because we're failing. We're not able to do big things anymore. Uh, over the weekend, I sent Karen a, a picture of uh, an, incre- an accomplishment in the city of Kirkland. Oh. In the city of Kirkland, they had put up a sign celebrating their successful um, creation of a crosswalk. It wasn't even and one that, of those nice raised crosswalks, VJ. It was no, just painted lines. It was lines. just some white stripes. It wasn't even a lot. It wasn't even a large street, <laughs> right? Like the street was, I don't know, maybe you could get two cars down it just about. Listen, and yet uh, this is worth a memorial plaque. And I, I don't want to hate on the efforts of the city of Kirk, Kirkland, but I want, we should put this into context. Kirkland is one of the richest counties cities Cities, i think it's a separate city right separate it's one of the richest cities in probably north america right it's google's there um a host of other tech companies are like starting to move onto their waterfront they're extremely well funded and this crosswalk vj was a partnership yeah they didn't even do it all themselves they did a partnership (laughs) maybe but, you know, maybe that's why it's worth the plaque, because the bureaucracy is so difficult that it took incredible dedication to get this thing done. So maybe these people are worth celebrating. But at the same time, we should look at how awful it was that they had to go through this just to get this uh, crosswalk put in place. Right. It, um, it does seem like the, the Moss Bay Neighborhood Association probably had to spend years petitioning for this crosswalk. So they could have their names. And they realized their dream. But people probably died trying to make that happen. Oh, jeez. You know, it was like the railroads. That's so sad uh, to think about. (laughs) Um, But but the point is, I think the reason why I think it supports your point is uh, these cities aren't functioning. If they can barely put a damn uh, crosswalk in without celebrating it, that tells you the cities aren't working. The ways they're operating aren't working. The way they look at data isn't helping them make good decisions. They need a new way, and that way is the one we're thought way. I love it. I think that's that's as good a way to end as any VJ. I'm 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 so glad that you're on board with the one weird thought world domination plan. And uh yeah, to any of our listeners, if you are interested in getting in at the ground floor of what could be a world movement, send your thoughts to onewierdthought at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Are we still on Twitter or X? I X, believe it's we're now. We're on X. We're on X. We're not really on send X. Us an, send us. Do they send us an X? Uh, can they X us? What is. Do you X uh, us? Geez. I don't know. Do we, I'm, on, uh, I'm on this like decentralized social network now, VJ. We should get on threads. We're not on, on threads. threads. Yeah. Threads, yeah. Follow us on threads. Warpcast. Someone would have to create the One Weird Thought account first, and then they can follow us. But anyway, send us your thoughts to the Gmail. I think that's the best way to get in touch with us. Or comment on our Substack. Um, we love yeah. we love reading and responding to to any comments. But yeah, yeah, this was a yeah. fun one, VJ. Yeah, it was. It was really fun. Karen, uh, Karen thanks for uh, creating that map. Yeah, yeah, and the mega spreadsheet. <laughs> mega spreadsheet. Till next time. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye, bye, everybody. Bye.